Support for Market Foolery comes from our friends at Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. Home plays a big role in your life. That's why Quicken Loans created Rocket Mortgage. It lets you apply simply and understand the entire mortgage process fully so you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. Not for someone else, for you. To get started, go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. It's Tuesday, April 10th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Asset Management, Bill Barker. Happy Tuesday. Thank you. We got a lot going on today. Do we? Considering it's not even earnings season, we got a bunch of actual news we're going to get to. And that's not even taking into consideration what's happening across the Potomac River as we speak right now, which is that Mark Zuckerberg is getting ready for the first of two fun-filled days with members of Congress answering their questions. Yeah. It would be early to review that. It would be very early to review that because technically it hasn't started yet. But I will say this. I'll say two things. The first is on Motley Fool Money this week we're gonna have David Kirkpatrick as our guest. He is the author of the best-selling book, The Facebook Effect. He knows this company quite well. And uh, so I'll be talking to him, I think I'm taping that Thursday afternoon to get his take on Certainly, all of the first day of hearings and and a good chunk of the second day of hearings. So that's the first thing I'll say. The second is, if you're a Facebook shareholder and you are someone who does not necessarily care a whole lot about what happens on Capitol Hill, and maybe you're thinking to yourself, this is a great opportunity for Mark Zuckerberg. Let me just go ahead and lower your expectations right now, because as someone who worked on Capitol Hill for six years and has been in the room when these types of hearings are going on. There's really not a ton of upside for, and this isn't about Facebook, and this isn't about Mark Zuckerberg. This is just about the situation that he finds himself in. And historically, there's just not a lot of upside for whoever's facing congressional committees. So if you're if you're going into this thinking, gosh, you know, if he has a great performance over the next couple of days, he can put a lot of this behind him. No. No, he really can't. He can kind of stop the bleeding, but that's again. There's there's not a really tall ceiling on how great this is going to be. Not a lot of friendly faces in that room. You're predicting. Uh, definitely not a lot of friendly faces, and often is the case where one party or the other is more sympathetic to whoever the witness is in in these types of settings. And uh, I think people might be underestimating just how much uh, both parties are not pleased with Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a, a not great couple of days. On the other hand, as we sometimes talk about, in a sense, he's, he personally has an easy act to follow, and that is his public persona and clips of him talking. Like, it would not be that hard for him to come off. Uh, better than the mental image of him in most people's minds is. That's possible. Uh, yeah, that's one potential outcome. Uh, here's another potential outcome. He just spends the next two days literally sweating under the lights and looks every bit, if not more, awkward than people imagine him to be. Yeah. So. We'll see. You, you, by by this weekend, you'll be able to actually comment with some intelligent, you know, analysis I, about that. I won't. David Kirkpatrick will. That's well, why. <laughs> that's why we're talking to him. Uh, let's get to. Um, we've got news from the toy industry, restaurants. Uh, we got to start with the stock of the day, and that is Verifone Systems. Not exactly a household name, but Verifone shares are up more than fifty percent this morning. 
This is a payment technology company that is being taken private for just under $2.6 billion in cash. And in sympathy, I suppose, uh, PayPal and Square up a little bit, nowhere near the 50%. But the, it appears to be a good day for payment technology companies. Yeah, after a good for the hardware makers, um, Verifone and Ingenico. Uh, so, it, as you say, it's not a household name, but you have come into contact with its products uh, hundreds and hundreds of times without realizing it, probably, uh, and not just um, in, in some part of the system that you never see. It is the point of sale. Uh, hardware for your credit card uh, that they are best known for, and which also has been part of the problem for this this company and this stock over the last couple of years. Uh, after peaking a couple of years ago, it's been sort of rough times as uh, other uh, forms of payment, mobile and uh, Square and, and various other things, are, are sort of replacing. The centrality of of that hardware point of contact device uh, that that you're familiar with, Verifone and Ingenico basically are the two companies that have almost all of those uh, those uh, devices, and and so uh, Verifone also, and this is probably the reason that it's attracting a premium of 52 percent today over what it was trading for yesterday, uh, has developing software applications which are probably more important for the future than the hardware. Is the war on cash as close to a slam dunk a trend as you see in the world of investing? It's just hard for me to look at cash as having a particularly bright future. Yeah, cash. I many weeks make it through the week without using cash at all, and and when I travel internationally now, I. Uh, Usually, don't use cash at all. Never exchange money. Never touch cash. So yes, uh, and and I think that there are parts of the economy that uh, are more cash dependent. Certainly, the you know illegal ones, which you know more about than I do. I'm sure. <laughs> uh, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. You know. All right. So you could better comment on on the future of that. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of the more illegal activities out there, they're they're getting pretty sophisticated. They're going the the non-cash route too. They got the Bitcoin for the really seriously <laughs> illegal parts of the economy. They're they're using Bitcoin. They are. From what I hear. Uh, again, I don't have direct uh, knowledge of this that I can comment on at this time, Senator. All right. So, Verifone's up 52%. That's pretty good. Uh, as I say, if you uh, pull back a little bit and look at the chart over a longer period of time, this is really just getting it to uh, prices that it saw not that long ago. Uh, it has been a tough last couple of years uh, for the company. But it is an indication that the um, you know private equity Market is is still healthy and buying things up because it's going to go private. Let's move on to the news from Toyland, and we'll start with Mattel, which is closing its office in New York. This is part of an overall plan intended to save about six hundred fifty million dollars for Mattel. It's affecting about a hundred employees. They're they're trying to move them to different places, so not necessarily layoffs per se, but. This seems like a supremely consequential year for the Mattel Corporation because 
they almost need to move even faster than they're moving right now. And if if they don't significantly turn around their fortunes or have some sort of bright spot, and that can come in the form of a quarterly report. Um, or something else altogether, but it's it's hard for me to see Mattel remaining a standalone public company for a whole lot longer unless they reverse their fortunes. I think well, the, in a sense, they've got the safety net of Hasbro's interest out there, uh, which I would assume is going to continue because of how much sense it makes for a combination or really a takeover at this point uh, of Mattel by Hasbro. So, maybe they've got a little bit longer just in the sense that that's out there and is something that they can kind of rely on uh, to a degree if the market conditions hold. We're still in a bull market. I mean, if, if they, they, they wouldn't want to sell it at a time where they had to sell uh, new management there, they still think that they can turn this around, uh, start uh, cutting costs, and that may help them turn what has been, you know, sort of uh, losses. Uh, we're in the middle middle of a, you know, they lost uh, three dollars a share last year. Some of that was one-time costs, but uh, also their uh, EBITDA was uh, negative for the year, so that's not a great sign. Um, I think that. Given what's going on with Toys R Us, uh, it's made it that much harder, and I don't know what the bright spot is for them right now. You mentioned Hasbro, and uh, Hasbro, for all of the success that Hasbro has had, particularly uh, with its tie-in with Disney, um, has hit a little bit of a stumble recently in the form of uh, Black Panther. Which is a movie that I think surprised some people in Hollywood with just how successful it was and how much money it made. Apparently, it also su- surprised the buyers at Hasbro, which had the rights to the toys. And apparently, there are no more Black Panther toys to be found. They sold out within just a few weeks of the film's release in mid February, and, uh, and Hasbro is kind of scrambling at this point. Yeah, that's a good news, bad news thing, of course. Uh, it is the proverbial I, good problem to have. It's still a problem. It's still a problem, and I, as you say, this uh, the the degree uh, to which this uh, film has been successful has surprised people. Uh, it was a very good film. I saw it. You saw it, I assume. Yeah. And um, I think Black Panther has got, you know, in, over the long term, this is going to be a very good selling toy. For for Marvel and Disney and Hasbro, uh, they all uh, share in that. And so, longer term, good news. You know, this is this is reminiscent, I guess, of the uh, scene in uh, Toy Story two where uh, they took a jab at the toy sellers uh, within the movie for not stocking up enough on uh, Buzz Lightyear. Uh, which sold out after Toy Story originally came out. Yeah, uh, I believe it was uh, Tour Guide Barbie. Tour Guide Barbie. Taking a shot at toy sellers and toy makers, which, you know, good for her. She was right on. Well, also, we've got time uh, to recover for Christmas. So, Black Panther would have been a bigger problem, I guess, if Black Panther had come out, say, in October, November and, and had the success that it had, and you'd had as many people. Uh, buying all their Christmas toys, and there were no Black Panthers available. And I think that uh, we've got plenty of time. It's one more reason to love Pixar is when the writers uh, and and the directors in the movie throw in little nuggets like that, sort of playing to the back of the room. Like here's a here's a little joke that'll go over the kids' heads. But any parent who tried to buy a Buzz Lightyear 
after the success of the initial Toy Story, and uh, and and was not able to. Here's a little something for them. Uh, before we go on, I want to say thanks again to Rocket Mortgage uh, from Quicken Loans. Uh, Rocket Mortgage, they're just going to help you with what is, for most people, the biggest check you're going to write in your lifetime. It is also, I don't know about you, but it's certainly the most complicated financial situation I've ever been through in terms of the number of times you have to, the amount of paperwork and the amount of times you have to sign your own name. And with Rocket Mortgage, you can be confident when you're making that big financial decision. They give you the same level of confidence that Bill Barker has when he's walking into a Wawa. And we're going to get to that in just a moment, for those of you who are wondering. Uh, Rocket Mortgage is simple. It allows you to fully understand all the details so that you can be confident you're getting the right mortgage for you. So, if you're looking to get a mortgage or you're refinancing your existing home loan to get started, just go to rocketmortgage.com slash fool. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states, not 47 like some of those other places, all 50 states, NMLS, consumeraccess.org, number 3030. McDonald's is expanding its footprint in the Nordic part of the world. McDonald's announced plans to open 200 restaurants in Sweden, Norway, Finland, and Denmark. This is going to be over the next decade. And I guess the thing that sort of caught my attention was wow, McDonald's still expanding. There's there are still places in the world where they're like no we can we can put in and by the way that's you can you can look at this story and say well this isn't the you know even collectively this isn't the biggest market in the world but in terms on a percentage basis it's it's increasing by about a third the number of restaurants that currently exist in those four countries so this is so so you're welcome Sweden more McDonald's coming your way. <laughs> You're playing to Sweden. Okay, you still feel like you need to apologize for all the times you've botched the Swedish language. It was just the one time that I botched the Swedish language. I think Swedish people are keenly aware of how challenging their own language is. Yeah, they probably are. It's not the easiest. I think language. that's been one of the impediments for McDonald's getting in there, nailing the language issues. Uh, well, this is the, why the delay. I mean, maybe uh, you know, if if Quentin Tarantino, when he's writing Pulp Fiction, you know, it's a lot easier to write the Royale with cheese scene because it's French. I don't, I, I don't know what you know, I don't know what quarter pounded with cheese translates to in Sweden. I'm, I'm sure you'll be hearing because <laughs> there's an avid Swedish audience uh, to which we are playing. Right I would now. say I would say that like one of the dozens is in Sweden. Yeah. You've had multiple Swedish uh, emails, haven't you? Well, yeah. I mean, a dozen is more than one, so sure. Yeah, we're getting into one some. Of, oh, one of the dozen. One, one of the dozen. dozen of the dozens. I, I would say, yeah. Got it. Uh, yeah, there's, I don't have a lot to say here uh, because, as you say, it's not in an absolute terms. It's uh, over a decade, two hundred restaurants, over four countries. Uh, not that not that big a needle mover, but it's uh, nice that McDonald's still has uh, some places to grow. They've they've kind of stalled out in some of the bigger markets. Um, I, on the whole, look, it's a big world. Uh, some places are going to be going well. Some places are not going to be. They're having trouble. They're struggling in India right now uh, in terms of their uh, franchiser there, uh, and that has has taken a, a break. That Domino's is the biggest fast food provider uh, in India now. It's supplanted McDonald's. Uh, so it's it's good that uh, you know I'm I'm sure over time they'll uh, improve that situation. But uh, in the meantime, they've got the Nordic countries to work with. Two things before we dip into the full mailbag. The first is, 
once again, shout out to Steve Easterbrook, the CEO at McDonald's, because he's been CEO for a little over three years, and that stock is up about 75% since he took over. And when I think back on how he entered that job, and specifically how he came, he became CEO in early February of 2015, and right out of the gate, it was clear that he was going to take his time, that he was going to start talking to franchisees, and he laid out saying, "Listen, this the first few months of my tenure as CEO, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be." Asking a lot of questions, doing a lot of listening, and I'm going to come out with my plan for the future of of this restaurant. And I think it was May, maybe it was late April, early May, something like that. That's when he came out with the plan that included, oh yeah, of course we're going to do all day breakfast and and that sort of thing. But just the confidence that he had when he took over the job to say, I'm going to take a little bit of time, and knowing that long term shareholders, or I would say investors who have a long term mindset. We're going to give him that time. He didn't feel the need to rush, and he said, "No, I'm going to I'm going to talk to a lot of people. This is a big company. I'm going to try and get this right." And uh, it's it's really been incredible what he's done in terms of rewarding shareholders while he's been CEO. Uh, the second thing, and this is a minor thing, but but you mentioned it this morning when we were chatting, uh, the word restaurant, as associated with McDonald's. You were saying that it, it, it still makes you do a little bit of a double take. Yeah, it's a little jarring at uh, McDonald's restaurants because I guess uh, the image I have in my head, at least, of a restaurant is is a little bit more of a sit down experience than than the uh, counter experience. And also, I I don't know what is there another word. I I feel actually the same way. This is not a shot at McDonald's, although we could go in that direction if you've got a good line or something. Uh, but uh, Starbucks also included in the restaurant category, and they talk about. You know. No, well, so for me, I, I was thinking that the thing that makes me do a double take is the use of the word store with respect to Starbucks. I see that more often, and that's the thing that gives me pause where it's like Starbucks stores. And when I think of a store, I don't think of, I just think of it as a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. Yes, there are other things going on, but I, maybe it's too arduous. And, and maybe part of this is just, well, look, it's certainly in the business media, they're grouping things by category. So, yes, it may not be with wait staff, but McDonald's is a restaurant because you can sit down and eat there. Uh, so I totally understand why, but for me, it's Starbucks. It's it's the Starbucks stores that just makes me go. Well, no, they're not really stores. They're coffee shops. Yes. And then what would you would you call McDonald's restaurants? I think I would. I guess my point is that one doesn't bother me as much <laughs> as, as the use of the word store with Starbucks. So yeah, I would stick. I would stick with restaurants. Dunkin' Donuts. Same thing, like coffee shop. By the way, the, the they're really a donut shop. Well, no, they're they're actually moving they're moving away from that. The uh, I think it was last week the first this is in New Hampshire somewhere in southern New Hampshire I believe um, the first Dunkin' Donuts shop open that has been rebranded simply Dunkin'. They are they are making speaking of taking you know global restaurants uh, that are taking their time. Dunkin' Brands is making a methodical push. To de-emphasize the donuts and really play up the beverages, and so this is their this is their first move in that direction. And I th- I think certainly in New England, it's going to be a really easy move because most people in New England, because Dunkin' Donut shops are so ubiquitous, most people don't 
most people just say, yeah, let's go to Dunkin', let's go to DD, let's go to Dunks. Really? Almost no Dunks. one says, let's go to Dunkin' Donuts. So, you can weigh in on this because it's a point of some concern for my daughter, who's about to leave for college in the fall in New England. And uh, she has been told, maybe it was by me, I can't remember, uh, that she's going to need to start drinking from Dunkin' Donuts. Or these other names that you allege are, are used in, in New England, and, and you know that if she tries to go to Starbucks, she's going to be mocked by the uh, the other people around her. I don't think she's going to be mocked, um, but I think the the opportunity there are just going to be so many more opportunities to go to Dunkin' Donuts than there will be any other coffee place. You mean you're going to have to walk like thirty yards instead of twenty? To get to the Starbucks, there's only one every you know, thirty to fifty yards around the campus. In the state, whereas at Dunkin' Donuts, there are just like food trucks everywhere serving Dunkin' Donuts. So, for a lot of the dozens who are listening that don't have a Dunkin' Donuts anywhere in their life, either near their home or near their place of work, um, th- this may seem odd. In the state of New Hampshire. There's a Dunkin' Donuts for every 6,000 people in that state. West of the Mississippi, it's like there's a Dunkin' Donuts for every like 1.5 million people. In New Hampshire, it's one for every 6,000, and that's that's sort of the case throughout New England. So, how about in Boston? Oh gosh, I mean, in Boston proper, one for every 25 or so, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So she's just she's just going to have to. uh, make her peace with that. And she's certainly going to need to hold her tongue because I think she holds Dunkin' Donuts in, in far less esteem than uh, Starbucks. Let's check in this fall and see, <laughs> see how that's going for your daughter. Uh, our email address is marketfoolery at fool.com. Speaking of coffee, email from Joe Walsh who writes, Let me be the 300th fool to send you this link so you can talk about it with Bill Barker. Actually, Joe, you're the first fool to send me this link. He sent me a link to a story about this Thursday, uh, April 12th, which is Wawa Day. Now, today, April 10th, is Free Cone Day at Ben and Jerry's. So, wherever you are, if there's a Ben and Jerry, and it's still Tuesday, April 10th, if there's a Ben and Jerry's nearby, stop listening right now and just go to Ben and Jerry's and get yourself some free ice cream. Uh, but Thursday, you've got a day or two to prepare. For uh, free coffee at Wawa, I guess April twelfth is the anniversary. Uh, Wawa started in the mid nineteen sixties, so it's Wawa's birthday, and they celebrate by giving away a couple million cups of coffee. Yeah, and the reason that Wawa Wawa Day is superior to Ben and Jerry's Day. Oh, careful now. Is uh, for those of us who can't stand waiting in line, it's a lot easier to get your free cup of coffee at Wawa uh, because they've got those, uh, you know, the dispensers of coffee and they'll have like 12, 15 uh, of them out there so you can get whatever if you want a flavor. They got a lot of choices for that. Uh, And it's just easy to get yourself some coffee. Whereas Ben and Jerry's, very popular day. And because of that popularity and the fact that there aren't as many Ben and Jerry's as there are Wawa's, you're, you're going to, are you going to go? Today to get this free cone, because uh, if you if you do, I predict you're going to be waiting in line. Well, the other thing I'll add, which is fair, right? I mean, it takes longer to serve ice cream than it does to to get coffee, and ice cream's great. Well, that's the point I was going to make. At Ben and Jerry's, for all their marvelous innovations on the flavor side of ice cream, they've not yet crossed over to the point where we say where they've said, "Yeah, we're going to let people scoop their own ice cream." Like nobody's going to do that. 
So uh, if they did do that, then there wouldn't be the lines. But yeah, yeah, you're going. Um, you don't I, have time. Don't, you don't have time. Don't That's know. the thing. <laughs> I don't have time. I think my kids are going, but I'm I'm probably not going. Oh, kids! Kids have got all the time in the world. Exactly. Yeah. So um, the to me the interesting thing about the free coffee that they're doing at Wawa is they're basically like take whatever you want. It's and he's you know the, I mean Dunkin' Donuts does free coffee uh, I think once a year but it's like no no we're gonna it's this size we're gonna give yeah. you free coffee for this size no specialty drinks that kind of thing Wawa appears to be like grab whatever cup you want fill it up and get out yeah it's not a sample size you know and when you go to Wawa they're not messing around they're not lying to you the way Starbucks does where every size is is large at, at it's just different variations of the word large. Your choices are tall, grande, and venti, which are three different words for large. Right. And then they, you can actually get uh, what a short coffee, but you have to ask for it. It's not on the menu, uh, so you have to ask if you want to only want like eight ounces of coffee at Starbucks. You can get that, but they're hiding it from you. You know the irony here, and this is an audio podcast, so no one can see this. So I'll just share with uh, with the dozens of listeners. The irony is that you've actually got. A cup of Starbucks coffee right next to you. It's not Wawa. Yeah. For all your alleged uh, allegiance to your home state's uh, favorite convenience store slash restaurant, gas station, all the amazing things that Wawa is, you're you're still a Starbucks guy. Well, Dave Meyer, thank you to Dave Meyer for buying me my <laughs> coffee this morning. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I just I, I long for the days when Wawa is as ubiquitous here as it is in my home state, in my home territory. Dare to dream. Yeah. Thanks for being here. I got one question for you. Oh, okay. So, are we doing another one of these apropos of nothing things ever? It's possible. Yeah. Were you going to go with my idea? What's your idea? Name dropping. I don't know that we're going to do that now. <laughs> You've had better ideas than that. It's a great idea. Uh, it just involves, but it's not really about the name. It's just the stories that arise from these things. It's like. We tell the story about how how my dead guinea pig led to you meeting Bob Woodward. That's okay. All right. It's not about Bob Woodward at all, really. It's a little bit about Bob Woodward because that actually we got to chat with him and and learn his his investing. You know what? We might have to share the Bob Woodward story at some The time I hired Chris Rock. All right, we might have to. You go got with some. This. You got some things because you've interviewed everybody at this point. I mean, you've you've got some. You've got some names. It's not. It's the story around the story, not so much. Oh, here's a thing. Here's some gossip about somebody. No, it's just like I don't weird, gossip. We don't weird random people that have crossed our paths over the years, and uh, sometimes it involves dead guinea pigs. We don't truck in idle gossip on this show. No, no. There's plenty of other nonsense that happens, but not idle gossip. Who you, who you got for this show? Um, you know what? I'm going to think on this. Um, I have a couple candidates, but yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it off air. Thanks for being here. Thank you. You can read more from Bill Barker and Dave Meyer, and maybe even Dave Meyer will buy you a cup of coffee. Who knows? If you go to foolfunds.com and check out the latest writings from Dave Meyer, Bill Barker, and the entire Motley Fool asset management team, you can sign up for Declarations, which is their free monthly newsletter. Foolfunds.com. Check it out. That's going to do it for this edition of Market Foolery. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. The show is mixed by Dan Boyd. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow.